0: Yo, 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 everybody. This is Tyler. This is Danny. And you're listening to Fried Squirrels. We're here to get high and talk about horror movies like we do every week for you people. So let's start with that first part, the getting high part. With that getting high, let's get to our green hits. Danny, what is this, Jay, that you brought me today? Hi, so once again, I went by our local
1: dispensary here in town, Flower, and I picked up a six-pack of the Helenback strain. So with that being said, Hellenbach is an evenly balanced hybrid strain, about 50-50 split, and it's created through a potent cross of the infamous animal cookies and Georgia pine strains. Now, it says that this is a super popular strain in Southern California, thanks to its super well-balanced effects and super arousing high. With that being said, the bud has a super delicious cherry licorice flavor with a slightly sweet, nutty exhale. The aroma is of earthy herbs and spices with a notable punch of spicy anise. It says the buds have super dense, uh, tight, spade-shaped forest green nugs with rich amber hair, sparkling white crystal trichomes, and a syrupy, sweet coating of sticky resin. Now, the THC is about 20% on this one. I've had this one several times. It's a fairly balanced one.
0: Hell yeah. I didn't go get anything new. If you managed to listen to our last episode, it's the same exact thing that I had for you last time. Some Double Up Mints. However, our last episode was Patreon only. So for some of you, this is going to be your first time hearing about the Double Up Mints. Uh, It is a cross between Sin Mint and Mint Chocolate Chip. Neither of those were strains that I had heard of before. So I did a little bit more digging. Sin Mint is a cross between Girl Scout Cookies and Blue Power, which Blue Power isn't related to, like, your Blue Dreams or Blue Cheeses. It was, I believe, just like an in-house strain. And Mint Chocolate Chip is a cross of Sin Mint with Green Ribbon. Once again, had never heard of Green Ribbon. I just talked about what Sin Mint was. So I looked up Green Ribbon just to be like, is this anything? Yeah, it's a cross between some shit that... You've smoked, because right. Green Ribbon is a cross between Green Crack, Afghanica, train wreck, and White Rhino. Hell yeah. All great strains. So this strain ends up being uh, slightly indica dominant and is testing in at about 23%, but because I had to do so much searching, <laughs> I couldn't exactly tell you much of the other information on this particular strain, because I kind of had to cobble it together, so that is double up mints as always we'd like to remind you to go check out our patreon since i already brought it up once that is patreon.com slash fried squirms at the very least you will get episodes a week early very lowest level highest level you could be chatting with us right now hitting us up on the discord asking us questions knowing what we're doing maybe we'd have more to say if you guys were asking us questions in the middle of episodes that'd be a lot of fun i'm up for it it'd be fun i think it'd be fun you guys, hit us up, do all that thing, patreon.com slash fried squirms. With that out of the way, Danny, what do you say we get to our guts and bolts? Guts and bolts. All right. Annihilation, guts and bolts, who and what went into the making of this movie. Spoiler free. Start off with your spoiler free setup for the movie. Oof, I didn't think about this. <laughs> spoiler-free setup for Annihilation would be Natalie Portman volunteers for a super crazy covert mission to follow in the footsteps of her husband to find out what happened to him in this region where she has to cross into what is known only as the Shimmer. Mm -hmm. And shit hasn't been coming back.
1: Oh, that's true.
0: So of course we like to talk
1: about uh, the people go into making the film and the actors and actresses in front of the camera, and this week's actually a gentleman we've talked about before more so in his writing capacity, but as far as his directorial credits, I am talking about Alex Garland. He is known for the films Ex Machina. The film that just came out, Men, and a film to be announced, but it's called Civil War. And his writing credits include the episode that we reviewed. That was episode 154, when we reviewed 28 Days Later. His novel, The Beach, was also adapted to film, which I've seen Mm -hmm. the film. I really like it. I've heard the book is really good, too. All right. He's also known for his writing on the film Sunshine, the film Never Let Me
0: Go, and the film Dread. All right. Now, from what I've heard is that from how involved he was in the production, Dread should probably actually be his first directing credit. Ah, That's pretty neat. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Nice. Now, this was based upon the novel of the same name by Jeff Vandermeer. All right, the cinematographer on this is Rob Hardy. Now, this gentleman's got some really interesting credits. With Rob, you can go back and look at his credit for the 2005 music video for Tori Amos' Sleeps with Butterflies. All right, he's also known for such things as Sigur Rose's "Inni" documentary, which is really cool. He's also known for Ex Machina. He's known for 2017's Euphoria. He's also the DP for Mission Impossible Fallout. He's done several episodes of Devs, the television series. He also is the DP on Men and the upcoming films The Man from Toronto and Civil War. All right, we have... Editor Barney Pilling. Now, he's known for the MI5 television series from 2003 through 2006. He's also known for editing Miss Pettigrew Lives for a Day. He's also known for Never Let Me Go, the film One Day, and the Grand Budapest Hotel. All right, music was composed by Jeff Barrow and Ben Salisbury. Now, both of these guys share a couple of different credits together. So if I repeat myself, just That's part of the reason why I didn't have it written down together. But I'll start with Jeff. Now, he's known for Portis Heads, Sour Times, Nobody Loves Me, which is the music video from 94, which is really good. Mm. He's also known for Ex Machina. Now, I believe he and Ben Salisbury, they both share the credit for Black Mirror, the episode Men
0: Against Fire. This is back in 2016. From what I'm seeing from all this is Alex Garland is one of these guys that basically has a team now. Pretty much, yeah, because you look
1: at some of these credits. Jeff has also done eight episodes of Dubs from 2020. He did nine episodes of Hannah from 2019 through 2020. Archive 81 from 2022 and the film Men. And Ben, he's worked on David Attenborough's wildlife specials back in 2001 that was Grizzly face-to-face. He's also known for working on The Life of Mammals, which is a TV miniseries, The Nature of Britain, Life in Cold Blood. So all of these are like nature documentaries, which is really neat. Now, as far as films, he worked on Ex Machina. He's also worked on Beyonce's Life is But a Dream, which is a TV documentary i mentioned he worked on the black mirror episode men against fire he also worked on the devs and hannah television series archive 81 and of course men all right the, we have uh, special effects done by double negative milk visual effects Invis union visual effects and screaming pictures the producers on this were eli bush andrew mcdonald alan reich and scott rudin Production companies were Paramount Pictures, Skydance Media, Scott Rudden Pictures, and DNA Films. The distributors on this were Paramount Pictures. They helped for the 2018 United States theatrical release. JL Vision Film helped for the Chinese theatrical release in 2018. And then Netflix released this worldwide in 2018. All right, we have several release dates. February 13th, 2018 at the Regency Village Theater in Westwood, California. We have February 23rd, 2018 here in North America. That includes Canada and Mexico. And Netflix released this worldwide March 12th, 2018. That was mostly in the UK and I think parts of mm. Africa. All right. This had an estimated budget of about $40 million, grossed about $43.1 million
0: worldwide. And the tagline I have on this is, fear what's inside. So since we just put out all those numbers and stuff and who it was all produced by... This probably goes in this segment more than the others. Did you see why this basically bombed? I heard there was like, what was it one of the Ellison or somebody? There so, was a
1: dispute with I uh, think some of the. I don't know about the themes, but the intellects.
0: Well, like so yeah. part of the problem was Paramount apparently didn't have any faith in the production, so they only produced one trailer for it that they put out a week before the movie dropped. Damn. Damn. Now that means that trailer would have come out the same week that black Panther premiered in theaters and they only put out one trailer and released this movie against black Panther going into its second weekend. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> to top that off. Oh yeah. I think it only played in theaters in the United States, Canada and China exactly to help shield themselves from potential losses on the film because they had so little faith in it. They worked out that release deal with Netflix. So everywhere else it debuted on Netflix. Exactly. You're right. Which is funny because now United States is the only place you can't stream it on Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) That's, That's so stupid. Well, they kind of shot themselves in the foot with that dumb
1: stuff, but
0: what can you do? You put this movie out like a month after Black Panther yeah. and give it like actual trailers, maybe it wouldn't have bombed. Yeah, I would say give
1: it yeah, maybe like a few weeks after <laughs> let Black Panther do its thing and then drop this. Yeah. I don't I don't know, you know, we've talked about it in the past, fucking studios, man. What what can you do? All right. So, moving into our cast, we've got quite the cast actually for no bigger than what it is, but I'm going to lead off with Natalie Portman. She plays the role of Elena, as if she needs an introduction. I'm trying to think where I first seen her and I'm
0: I'm pretty sure it was probably Leon the Professional back in 94.
1: Then I know a lot I mean, of people. I mean, I would have saw
0: her in Star Wars first cuz I know I saw Leon after. So. Yeah, it's like so she played, you know, Padme Amidala, Star Wars Episode
1: 1. She also, you know, helped in the sequel, or the prequel trilogies. Let's see here. What else would I know her in? She was in V for Vendetta. She was also in Black Swan, which is really interesting because we talked about this with Darren Aronofsky in Perfect Blue. Oh, no, shit. I would have seen her in Mars Attacks first. Yeah, that's another good one. Yeah, because I saw that shit in theaters. Yeah. She's been in so much stuff. Let me see here. Oh, yeah. Garden State's another good one. I've seen her in. Uh, That was a pretty good one, man. She's in the Jarling Limited, another good one. Mr. Uh, Magorium's Wonder Emporium. Magorium. Yeah, which is a good one. Yeah, she's uh, in Thor Dark World. Thor as Jane Foster. She's also in Yeah Avengers Endgame, Lucy in the Sky, which is really neat. She's also been in a bunch of television stuff. You know, voice acting, what have you. So... Cool to see her in this. All right, we have an actress we actually talked about before back on episode seventy-two mm-hmm. when we reviewed *The Hitcher*. That is Jennifer Jason Leigh. She plays the role of Dr. Ventress in the film. Now, a few things of note from her: she was in *Fast Times at Ridgemont High*. Some people might know her for her performances in the *Last Exit to Brooklyn*. She was a Miami Blues backdraft single white female. She was also in *Shortcuts*. Let's see here. She was in The Anniversary Party, which is actually a pretty good film. Um, She was in Road to Perdition, The Hateful Eight, which is a really good one, Uh, Anomalisa, another good one. One I just watched recently is a Brandon Cronenberg, which is David Cronenberg's son. His film is called Possessor. I plan on watching that soon. Yeah. Pretty decent film, man, I have to say. I don't want to get too much into it, but it's worth checking out. Now, Jennifer Jason Lee, she's been in a ton of other films I haven't mentioned, but, you know, check her filmography out, man. She's been in a ton shit. All right, we have Gina Rodriguez. She plays the role of Anya Thornson. Now, a few things of note from her. Gina has, uh, she's been in such things as Law and Order. Some people might know her for uh, her role in the independent musical drama film Philly Brown. She was also in Deepwater Horizon. Some people might know her for her voice acting in Ferdinand. She was also in Miss Bala, Someone Great, and Scoob. And she also voiced the titular character of the Netflix animated action-adventure series, Carmen Sandiego. Oh, shit! Where in the world That's what I'm talking about. All right. We have Tessa Thompson. She plays the role of Josie Raddick few things of note from Tessa. She was in the film One of Stranger Calls from 2006. She was also in The Human Contract. Some people might know her for her role in uh, Exquisite Corpse. She was in Dear White People back in 2014. She was also in Selma. She played Bianca Taylor in Creed back in 2015. Some people might know her for her role in Thor Ragnarok as Valkyrie in Scraper 142. It's really cool she was also in Creed Part 2 once again as Bianca Taylor she was uh, Valkyrie in Avengers Endgame some people might know her as Molly Wright Agent M in Men in Black International from 2019 she was also in uh, the upcoming film Creed Part 3 which is currently filming she was also in post production for Thor Love and Thunder and uh, she did the voice of Lady and Lady in the Tramp she's also been in a bunch of television series as well so cool seeing her there, there. alright we've got a pretty interesting actor now Mainly because of a lot of stuff he's been in more recently. But I'm talking about Oscar Isaac plays a role of Kane, right? Now, a few things of note from him. He was in Ex Machina from 2015. He was also in, uh, let's see, Robin Hood back in 2010. Drive t- from uh, 2011. Inside Llewellyn Davis from 2013 was actually a pretty good film. He was in uh, X-Men Apocalypse. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was... Poe Dameron and the Star Wars sequel trilogies from 2015 through 2019. Operation finale. He was in Dune last year. Yeah, Duke Leto. Yeah, dude. He was in the card counter. And that fucking beard. Yeah. Scenes from a marriage. Let's see here. Yeah, man. Moon Knight. Yeah, he's been in a ton of stuff, man. I mean, I know I'm leaving a lot of other stuff out, but it's cool to see him in this. All right, we have Tuva Novotny. She plays the role of Cassie, Cass Shepard few things of note from her. She was in the film Stoned. She was in the film Possession, a film entitled Dear Alice. She was also in Eat, Pray, Love. And the television show Dog, which is, um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think she's Swedish. Um, so a lot of that stuff is from overseas. These are either Swedish, Danish, something like that. But that was from 2010 through 2015. All right, we have Benedict Wong, who plays the role of Lomax. All right, a few things of note from him. Well, he played Kublai Khan in Netflix's Marco Polo from 2014 through 2016. He was in The Martian from 2015, and he was Wong in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Since, he appeared in Doctor Strange, so he's been in a lot of incarnations of that. He was also in uh, Dirty Pretty Things, which is a film I really enjoy, believe it or not. Let's see here. He was in uh, Shanghai from 2010, Johnny English Reborn, Prometheus kick ass part two I already mentioned he was in doctor strange and all those avengers movies and stuff like that he was also um in spider-man no way home as well shang chi mm. and the legend of the 10 rings which mm-hmm. was really
0: cool yeah man dude yeah long as the show yeah he's been
1: in. uh looks like a lot of television as well man a lot of voice acting he was in an episode of black mirror that episode is hated in the nation so yeah man good for him um also what we do in the shadows wallace and oh yeah that's right yeah that's really yep, yep, cool yep, yep. hell yeah all right we have a few more people and that rounds out our cast and crew i have sonoya mizuno she plays role of katie she was in the films ex machina she was in la la land she was also in beauty and the beast she was in the television series Maniac from 2018. She was also part of Dev's television series in 2020. And House of the Dragon, which is an upcoming show based off of uh, Thrones. Yeah, Game of Thrones. Yeah, I'm it's a prequel. Cool. It. Yeah, from uh, this coming year. And last but not least, I have David Gyasi plays the role of Daniel. And a few things of note from him. He was in Cloud Atlas back in 2012. He was also in Interstellar. And some people might know him for his lead role of Lex Carnahan in the CW miniseries Containment. All right, so that pretty much rounds out our cast and crew. You gave us a brief setup of what this film entails. We should give our listeners some
0: warnings. Warnings. Yep. I mean, it's... Some pretty crazy fucking creature shit. Yeah, I was going to say it's... uh,
1: You could say some body horror stuff yeah, with
0: with creatures mostly. Yeah. And I mean, there's some other body horror. It's more implied than anything, but you do see a little bit of other. And one of (laughs) I mean, one of the things I guess is body horror, but it's so surreal that it's not normal body horror. There's not much of it, but when they show blood and gore, it's pretty fucking good. No, I agree with that. It's hard to say.
1: I mean, outside of that,
0: you're gonna have your like violence, cussing.
1: I'm trying to guess. Is there much nudity, if at all? I can't think of any. It's like I don't think there is. Um, I mean, there's some disturbing stuff, but I mean,
0: that's there's subjective. Mm, there's weirdly, arguably, maybe one little bit of nudity, but it's it's arguable, and I I kind of <laughs> right. don't want to give it away. So no worries, no worries. We'll we'll talk about that once we get there. Yeah. But aside from that, I can't really think. Yeah, no, me either. Kind of, kind of just, just you know, what it is. Exactly. You know, let's let's <laughs> stop all this and and get into and find out how annihilation made us squeal. How does that make you squeal? All right, man. Annihilation, kicking off. I don't know what we're gonna call this block, mm-hmm. but sort of kicking off a slightly thematically themed block of. I agree. I guess kind of cosmic horror. All the movies aren't full on like Lovecraft adaptations, but but
1: there's elements. There's elements.
0: A little bit more arguable elements if we have to resort to our fallback next week, but it's still there. True.
1: Yes. 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 It's yeah. I mean, it's still cosmic horror in a a different sense, I suppose.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Horror in the cosmos. Anyway, we're not there yet. We're on Annihilation. Now, you had seen this before? Once, once before. Okay. We were just talking about a little bit of our history with this before we even turn the mics on. Because we get to bring up friend of the show and former contestant of, uh, what did we call that? <laughs> Test Your Fright? <laughs> Shit, yeah. it's been so long now. Jeez. Former Test Your Fright contestant, Haley, kind of was the one to recommend this. To me, at least. I just kind of heard, kind of through passing, or uh, I
1: guess there sentiments about the film. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's kind of how I heard about it and was curious enough to watch it, so yeah.
0: And I was curious enough to put it on my to-watch list, but between this and the other podcasts I do, I hadn't got to it yet. So understandable. when we were kind of needing something, I was like, oh shit, well... No, this is a good one. I know what we could do (laughs) so I could finally watch it.
1: I mean, it's part of why we do this in the first place, too, so.
0: All right, so I don't know how you feel. We haven't talked too much about this one yet, but I'm wondering how long it took me so long to get to this fucking movie and why people don't talk about it a little bit more often, and if any fucking recent bomb deserves to become a cult favorite, this might be it. No, I totally agree with that, too, and,
1: you know, it is interesting like how this was handled and it's another one of those unfortunate films in this case where the studio got involved and it fucked up, you know, where I think of this film would have got you know, a proper release, proper, you know, more than one fricking trailer mm-hmm. a week before it dropped. You know, like I said, if it, if it would have got its, its due it would have done better, I think, at the theater. It's it's one of those so that would too. have done a lot better. But I, I do like the fact that it is right now in that cult status, if you will. Um, but I think or the potentially, more, yeah, it's like the more eyeballs that are, you know, that get on this film, the more people will get exposed to this kind of genre. It's it's a mix of a couple of different genres, I guess. You know, sci-fi horror, maybe a little drama. Mm-hmm. You know. Stuff like that, maybe a little—I don't know—a little action, I suppose. There's some action in this, but not, not like, a, you know, like a predator or an alien or anything right. like that. Right,
0: and I think so. There was only the one trailer made. I do remember watching the trailer after Haley told me about the movie at work. I do feel like the trailer sells it not completely as an action movie, right. but as way more of an action movie than what it is i
1: agree with that because that's that was my initial impression going into the my first view way back when was i thought there was gonna be more action adjacent
0: well not only that but i feel like the only part of this movie that i hear people bring up is the bear true which also makes me think that it's an action sci-fi creature feature which kind of a creature fe- it's a not bit. not a creature feature right. it's like
1: a little bit there's there's some of that at play as well
0: but it's not a no, it's I, not a dedicated creature feature by any means.
1: It's more of a byproduct of it
0: Yeah. of this film. Yeah, but I kept hearing people bring up the bear, so I'm like, yep. okay, all right, cool. Like, yeah, sci fi, sci fi, the relic. Cool. Like, <laughs> no, right,
1: right. No, I was thinking it had more significance, and same thing. Like, I, I was expecting a little bit more, you know, action beats. But that's not this movie. No, it's not. It's definitely not.
0: I mean, you want a amazing fucking double bill? This is the slightly military side of Color Out of Space.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think that's a good way of describing this film. And it would be a good double bill because it thematically it fits. Mm-hmm. It's hard to argue, you know.
0: This is like the color gets a hold of an area instead of being pushed back. Yeah. And then the military has to come in.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. As and, as opposed to, and the government. Know, which is cool because you get... Kind of two different facets of it. You get the military side, right? Mm-hmm. In, in the end, you get the civilian side. So I like that. I think it's interesting.
0: Here's the thing that astounds me: I don't ever hear people bring up how like weirdly deep this movie is, mm. and like some of the things that it's positing. Yeah, no, especially right. when you take it as a whole.
1: No, it's cool. It has some really cool themes. I think thematically. There's some metaphors at play here as
0: well, you know, for some other things at play. I mean, look, this is a spoiler section anyway, but I think for some of the things in this movie to make the most amount of sense, you kind of have to look at it more holistically as, you know, the way that it's set up early in the movie and then paid off later on and shit. So, like I said, this is already the spoiler section, but... I am not at all going to be afraid to jump back and forth if I need to, as oh, we start talking about this.
1: That's okay. That's what this is about
0: because yeah, I don't know, man. I, I guess what I, what I want to get to is the fact, and what astounded me about this movie is one of the ways to interpret the events that goes on is that it's a new creation story. Yeah and that the alien is an accidental, indiscriminate god, and that they are Adam and Eve by the end of it. I like that, because this film, it has enough
1: ambiguity. And also, I think you could read into the unreliable narrator version, too. It's like, uh, how much can you rely on this version of Lena? You know, whether it's a completely new version of her, the alien version of her, whatever, however you want to ascribe it, you know, that's up for debate. But in this case, though, I was like, ah, that's kind of interesting, too, because how much can you really rely on what she's telling Lomax?
0: So, you know, there's that, too. That's true. I mean, okay, so there is a question of what version of her are we getting the story told from? But I think overall what you're getting at is I think it's more.
1: Prevalent to the story and and the overall theme, I think.
0: But I also think with the way the shimmer works, even though there's a question of which Lena it is, and the little bit I did delve into online of people talking about this movie beyond the bear is people arguing whether it was OG Lena or not at the end. Right, it's still um, a mutated version of of her. I was about to say, either way she's been changed. Right, and that's regardless,
1: regardless. It's it's still a, a different version of her.
0: And I don't think enough people are latching on to that fact of.
1: That's why I was going to I think what you were saying earlier is more indicative of what this story is about. Mm-hmm. And probably the the outcome
0: it's probably closer to that. Cuz it reminds me, I know I know we touched on it. <laughs> I know we touched on it back when we had Zach on the show for when we talked about Swamp Thing because we talked a little bit about the Swamp Thing comics because that's why me and him are into that movie is because we fucking love the comic book character in the Alan Moore run the character was very famously retconned when Alec Holland fell uh, on fire into the swamp with a biorestorative formula and emerged as the swamp thing it was always assumed that because of the chemicals on him and the fire and the swamp that you know it's a comic book so like he becomes this fucking mutant and it's Alec Holland rises from the swamp as swamp thing Yeah. the big change with the Alan Moore version was you find out that it wasn't Alec that rose from the swamp when he fell into the swamp life the biorestorative formula didn't turn him into a mutant. What it allowed was for his consciousness to invade the plant life and for that to mutate and take on a human-like form with his memories. And it becomes a very for the next I, I can't remember how many issues he wrote, but it was a it's a good size run. Wow. Um, yeah, for the next like heavy. 60 issues, there's a lot of philosophical discussion of, like, Alec trying to come to terms with, like, even though I have these memories, do I have an imperative to hold on to my humanity now that I know I was never technically human to begin with? And I think that uh, relates a lot to this movie.
1: Yeah, that that kind of gets a little bit to, like, Eastern philosophy. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: what is the spirit? What are, what are you exactly, you know? Are you just... Uh, are you... Th- the physical, are you the mental, right. are you both of them combined? Yeah,
1: that's pretty heavy. But I, th- I think that's something that's interesting about this film. I know there's deviations between the novel and this because, from what I understand, is Alex Garland, he didn't really use it this much for, or the source, for, mm-hmm. you know, for the basis of this film. He's kind of like an interpretation, I suppose, Um, that's fine I dig this Yeah, I'm curious about the novel but I fucking dig this no I really like this too because of what we're talking about now and when films make you think and (laughs) I hate that this film was too intellectual well maybe you're fucking too stupid sorry but (laughs) (laughs) I was like maybe some of us actually enjoy that and quit taking that for granted like horror and sci-fi fans are not stupid man we like
0: something to chew on Even beyond that, I do think this movie, other than the ending, which gets weird. (laughs) Yeah, it does, but still. Works still on a good mystery action level. Absolutely. With sci-fi horror elements. Yeah, and it's not something that we
1: haven't seen done before. It's just, you know, it's another way of like keeping that conversation live past the end credits and Mm -hmm. and that's what i enjoy about films like this is we are having discussions like this because of the themes and because of the way that you can interpret all this stuff you know and that's okay it's subjective you know no one has to be right or wrong necessarily it's just it's cool but i I think kind of what you were saying earlier about the adam and eve aspect of it because even their names are kind of simple cain i mean you know, you could you could say that's a little biblical. Uh, <laughs> you know, her name is just one letter off of of a scrambling of their names combined, anyway. But the point being is, like I said, it's it's kind of like a a new I don't know a species of new consciousness. The theme itself is about self destruction. That's what the annihilation is. It doesn't mean it's like a, a suicide, right? It's just you're taking something you're.
0: Mutating or deconstructing it and making it something brand new. Well, and I feel like that misunderstanding of the way annihilation is being used is part of the reason why the end events play out the way they do. Because honestly, it was kind of corny, but you get yeah, th- you get the title drop from <laughs> yeah. Jennifer Jason Leigh yeah, where yeah, she yeah, actually yeah. says it's annihilation, and that freaks Natalie Portman out. So she takes what comes next as a threat. But it's kind of like... Once again, because this is cosmic horror. Like, this is kind of the color out of space. Yeah, 100%. Kind of like how in Lovecraft shit, when we talk about Cthulhu, we describe him as dead but dreaming, because we don't have any other word for what he actually is other than dead. We don't have a word for what's happening other than annihilation for what's going on.
1: Right, I guess from... For, from our perspective, our human perspective, that's the closest we have for what is happening.
0: Because it is.
1: Right. I mean, for us. But that's not all it is. No, no, exactly. For us, it is annihilating us as, you know, what we know ourselves as. And out of it, it's creating a new version of us that's foreign to us. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, it's interesting because it's still using our consciousness or
0: thoughts and things like that and even physically parts of us right. from it's, from everything that's themed up to that point in the movie. Yeah. I, I think that's probably why
1: films like invasion of the body snatchers and stuff like that. When as a kid freaked me out with the whole doppelganger, you know, the, I, the concept that something alien or foreign can look like you mimic you sound like you, all that stuff that kind of freaked me out. But now looking, thinking about it now. It's like, that's kind of, that's interesting because it, at least these kind of more philosophical ideas and concepts about what is life, what is consciousness, what is, what is, is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, uh, define what is, is. I don't know. Well, is cool.
0: You think about that end sequence and kind of what what we learn. I know I'm not describing it that well, but that's because I don't want to spend fucking forever doing no, no, that okay. right now. No, okay. I'm assuming <laughs> you've seen the movie. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Do you think about them coming together in the... I'm talking about the literal end, where they're coming together, Oscar Isaac and Natalie Portman, and you get the the little twist of their eyes, and so you know that they are both still, quote-unquote, infected. I don't have a better term. They're shimmered, they're refracted. (laughs) Right, yeah. And where I'm getting, like, the Adam and Eve bit of it all. You contrast that with the beginning of the movie, where Natalie Portman is giving the lecture Not the very beginning. I do love how this movie starts, but the beginning of focusing on why she ends up in the position she is now. And she's giving the lecture about cells and how life originated and how you start with the one and the one becomes two and the two becomes four. And she's like that at some point there was the one, maybe just one lonely cell out there that lands here and it becomes two which we then see with her, or with him. It starts with him, then her, and so forth and
1: such. As they were saying earlier, as she was saying earlier. No, I think that's what this film does in a clever way. Things like that. They're giving you enough expo. They're giving you enough little clues and hints to where... It's, it's not a super complicated film. It doesn't
0: have to be. It's just if you're paying attention, it kind of lets you know. But then... Kind of the best cosmic horror side of it, and it still continues to relate to what happens at the beginning and what happens at the end. She ends that lecture by pointing out that the cells that she was showing on screen while she was explaining that, you know, this is how life replicates and how cells, you know, and how life forms, this was from cancer. Exactly. And much like cancer, the being, whatever you want to call it, Seemed to be a- acting by the time she gets a chance to analyze it. It was indiscriminatory. It might not even have actually known she was there. It was simply acting in accordance with its location.
1: Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I think, too, using, like, cancer and, you know, the the idea of mutations and change, if you will, you know, it's, in a sense, is an invasion, mm-hmm. you know, to us— but it's also part of us. It's like cancer. We have cancer cells naturally. It's just like they're they're turned on. Yeah, they're they're. It's just these these processes that it, turn on and it, don't turn wild. off. Yeah, it's like it's kind of scary to think about. But that's the thing. It's like they're still inherently in us. But they're we're changing. There's there's a change.
0: In this sense, it's an, an annihilation, a self destruction. You know, which ties into the themes of the movie more. Right, because. It's explicitly pointed out during their journey that they all have self-destructive tendencies in one way or another. It's hinted at that just sort of being endemic of the human condition, which arguably is absolutely true. Yeah. And the end with the humanoid, no matter how you want to interpret what was going on, whether it was simply reacting to a stimulus, whether it was trying to communicate, it was reflecting her. And as a reflection of her and the human propensity for destruction, it ended up self-destructing everything that it had built in that place. Right. Yeah. Self-implosion. What happened? Because beyond her just tricking it with the grenade, it chooses to go down and then set fire to the things that is of it. Right. Right. Like you were saying, self-destruction. It, it
1: was all its creation, mm-hmm. which is interesting. In one sense, too, it makes me wonder if that stopped Cain, you know, Oscar Isaac's character, his his mutations and self-destruction. Like, I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just reaching here, but it's just kind of curious. But the whole point, I think you've already hit the nail on the head, like I said, is more about... This I don't know what you would call it. It's not like a, a consciousness. It's not really a being. It's not a creature. It's just a presence, mm-hmm. and it's just whatever's in its its sphere. It mimics. <laughs> it changes.
0: It replicates. It's, I mean, it's essentially, it's kind of a god, mm-hmm. but in the sense of how most people tend to think of a singular god as being a creator.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
0: it is merely the creator aspect. Mm-hmm. It's not even for sure knowable whether it has consciousness beyond that.
1: I know. Then that's that's
0: kind of the weird. Like, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what, I mean, what? it's a cosmic cancer cell. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean,
1: that's it's as simple as that. It's
0: yeah. It's like cause it doesn't. Or a run. cosmic carcinogen. Yeah. it's causing cancer. That's, a it's... cosmic form of cancer around it. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Yeah, you don't have to ascribe anything other than that to it. It's like just
1: try to avoid it at all costs if you want to preserve whatever identity you have. I suppose you know, right?
0: I this: the cosmic horror bit. Like Cthulhu isn't evil. Cthulhu exists.
1: Yeah, it's just, uh,
0: and we good just luck. <laughs> happen to accidentally inhabit the same plane as it at times.
1: Yeah, that's wild, man. That's,
0: and that's just bad for us yeah it's, it's like walking through the lawn and accidentally stepping on an ant I you re- didn't you weren't evil to the you weren't trying to be evil towards the ant you say, didn't I, even know it was there.
1: I'm gonna reference this a little bit because uh it's is worth mentioning reading a little bit more of uh, John dies at the end it's there's some stuff in in the book that talks about this a little bit more because of Col Rock mm, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, but it. It, it is. It's just like, you know, are we just like a Petri dish where these things are playing with us? And, you know, we're having all these existential crises and it's just kind of like a game to these beings. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But here they are. Here it is.
0: I referenced it already. I love even just the beginning of this movie. Yeah. The opening up in the middle of shit happening. I think it's really cool. I like and all of that stuff. It sets up a bunch of questions that... Get answered in the course of the movie. It ain't a J.J. Abrams movie. It sets <laughs> up. True. True. You're wondering okay. where did she, you know, they're asking her all these questions and it just makes this mystery get deeper and fucking deeper. You're That's like, clever. fucking Why? First off, why do they have to have hazmat suits on? Why is she tied to a fucking chair? Yeah.
1: Why? Why? There's
0: why is there this observation group and their the gallery? <laughs> they're asking her where she was. How come they don't know? How come she doesn't know? Yeah. Like what I
1: what I like too is how she's kind of mirroring some of the answers that Kane gives her when he returns. Mhm. And I like that as like ah oh, that's little subtle clues, subtleties, things like that. I was like I, I like that too. A refraction.
0: Actually, you know what? Since you just mentioned Kane returning, I'm going to I'm going to just jump yeah, again and okay. change topic real quick. Lots of people ask about whether it's the original her or not. Is it the original him or not?
1: Yeah, that's a solid point, too.
0: uh,
1: I'm kind of leaning, probably not, but once again, I don't know who's to say for sure because of of what we've already talked about, too. It could just be him, but a mutated version of him. You know what I mean?
0: And because at this point he doesn't, because of the nature of learning the kind of knowledge that you can learn in the Shimmer. Uh, Yeah, oh. (laughs) Once again, we're talking like this is cosmic horror lovecraftian level of fucking madness breaks based on knowledge yeah Yeah. he's not sure if he's him or not which would be reflected by whatever version of the humanoid he ended up with much like there was one changing into her at the end If he truly didn't know, and the humanoid was reflecting that, then he also wouldn't know. So it could be the humanoid sacrificing himself in the video with the OG going back, thinking that he's the alien. But but maybe that because it's the OG that is merely refracted rather than being of the alien itself, maybe that's why he lives in the end. And why that's, they're able you know, to become the new Adam and Eve. <clears throat> you might be right, too. Yeah, where... Maybe they're both the OGs.
1: You know, I, I, that could be a solid point, too. Like you were saying, if we're thinking a little bit more along the Lovecraftian... We're the, they even talk about how it's affecting their mind. Mm-hmm. And there, there comes a point where, you know, where does the madness take over? If it takes over, or you achieve a, a certain level of consciousness it's like you know you're exposed to things that are otherworldly and so how how do you register that
0: well and all the options kind of seem available too absolutely tessa thompson gives into it right if i can jennifer jason lee arguably also gives into it but in a much different way right
1: no it's intimated
0: that she has a sickness like a cancer right yeah so once again, thinking that this was going to be more of an action sci-fi horror, when they mentioned that all of their DNA is getting warped by the Shimmer, mm-hmm. I thought for sure that that meant that her cancer was going to become a creature that was going to rip out of her.
1: I mean, very well could have. That would have been pretty cool. That would have been more like some John Carpenter <laughs> shit, you know, or something like that, some used in all that weather. But I could see that. But it makes me wonder, too, because of the way she kind of, I guess, self-destructs, you know, if, if you want right. to use that. It's almost like a rebirth, too, you know, because it appears like because she gave into it, all that mutation and just maybe that was like a a form of enlightenment for her or something. I, I don't fucking know, but...
0: Well, she had faced it, I feel like, with visual representations in these kind of stories... Somebody blind staring at a power source and communicating with it usually implies that they have achieved some sort of higher knowledge from that communication. And before she turns around when Natalie Portman walks in, you can see that she has been mutated by the presence and doesn't even have eye sockets. Like it's fleshed over and she's sitting there communing with this. So I believe she has attained some form of higher knowledge, but has also given into it. I was it. like like, she, like a symbiosis. Mm-hmm. Where
1: it, right now she's more of a vessel for it, like a conduit. Right. Yeah. Where it's... She's giving it human matter to play with. That's what I was about to say. She is the vessel for it, communicating back to Natalie Portman's character at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, inside the lighthouse and that hole and all that shit. Yeah, that, that to me makes a lot more sense. Especially... You know, doing a lot more of these films in this theme with cosmic horror and I also think that like I said what they're, the way they're doing it visually gives a little bit more credence to what we're talking about mm-hmm. you know um, which is fun I, I think this helps explain the movie maybe a little bit better for some people who are still confused by it you know like I said you can still interpret it however you want to that's okay that's objective anyway
0: now I do want to go back real quick to the Tessa Thompson thing When I was watching this movie, I couldn't help but end up identifying more with the way she chose to confront it all. Now, I don't think I would have went, like, plant ways like she did. Right. Because, like, that's just not my vibe. (laughs) But I might have tried to, like, approach those deer or something and, like, become one with them or something. Or I could also see my my dumbass doing something, trying something stupid and edgy and becoming some sort of fucking living monster accidentally. <laughs> yeah, pretty I mean, really neat. But, I, you know, I, I can't
1: blame her. Like so she came to it because she recognized what it was doing, what,
0: what was happening. And well, and she she seemed to recognize that some semblance of her was going to continue in some way. And she was OK with that. Some of the others were scared of not being the them that they always were. Yeah. I was going to say with, with
1: Tessa Thompson's character, she talks about, was it Shepherd, The one whose scream was captured by the mm-hmm. bear or whatever. She didn't want that to be the last thing that she was known by. Yeah. Something like that. She's like, no, I'm not going out like that. She would rather, you know, and I guess in her sense, be one with nature, you know, take on that form if she's going to you know, retain some semblance of herself.
0: Which like, it's weird. Cause this movie kind of bridges faith systems through this sci-fi concept. It does. Because it does. Th- that's her just choosing an afterlife where she, be- like you said, becomes one with really kind of becomes one with the universe in a way. Yes. I mean, she, Not just necessarily nature. She goes out in a very particular fashion. Right,
1: but it's still a part of this the shimmer, Mm -hmm. that cosmic entity, like you were saying, that cancer or whatever, the carcinoma. It's still interesting, yeah. You're still succumbing. You're still giving in. It is still a part of a self-destruction and a rebirth.
0: Well, okay, here's the thing. I didn't think about how I was going to talk about this because it's kind of a, a neat just... It's a visual thing to help clue in on this movie, but you notice as people change in the shimmer, they'll take on aspects of their teammates. You see, ah, if you're paying yeah, enough attention, if you're paying enough attention to like the videos and the couple things we do get, like Oscar Isaac's tattoo ends up on one of his homies. Like four different people end up with that infinity tattoo. You're right. They do take
1: on aspects because it says a refraction
0: it, it mm-hmm. takes on
1: all of these things.
0: And we see that a lot of the refracting is things that were close together anyway, just sort of getting melded together.
1: Uh, you know, here's something that's cool. I, I thought it was interesting when you, when you read a little bit more about this film. And they talk about it too. It, it, the closer you get to the source, the things, you know, whether it's plant life, animals, etc., people, they become like a more mutated, a more extreme mutation. Whereas on the outer rims, it's slight like the alligator. It's just mostly it's teeth. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the bear and things like that, there's, you see what happens. Um. So I was like, yeah, that's kind of interesting too. It's it kind of gives you an idea. Like, so the closer that you are to this source, the more, uh, the more likely things are just going to be heightened. Yeah.
0: You know, and, and the film does a good representation of that too, with the characters, I think. But I think since the most noticeable physical thing that gets, Traded around is the immortality. The right. the, the, the infinity Oraboros. symbol. Yeah. The infinity symbol tattoo. Who even originally had it? Was it originally Natalie Portman's character? Or was it originally... The fuck... I can't remember her name. The cop. <laughs> she did. Uh, Who's it? Like Anya? Because I know she ends up with it. Right. One of the characters had it on her hand, I think. Before she went into the shimmer. And then... The body of the guy... In the empty pool, that was the guy that... Yeah, have the fucking intestines. The intestines, which, by the way, that's just a beautiful scene if you're into fucking macabre art. Like, it's gnarly, but it's fucking gorgeously composed. Like, it is fucking amazing. He had it, too. It's interesting, yeah. But it seems like the movie might be also exploring the different ways the infinite... Happens. I can see that. Like, you have getting eaten by a predator and being part of the natural life cycle. You're part of their energy that goes into them, they die, the fucking, you know, right, the fucking cycle. circle of life sort of shit. Yeah. You have literally like this gal's consciousness and words being transferred and that being the last part of her to live on, and sort of like the idea of immortality through memory, in a way, which it wasn't true immortality because that thing could still die, but you, you get what I'm getting
1: well, it, at. It, there's, it's still passing. It's, it's, it's a
0: passing on. Right,
1: right, right. It, it's not lost, but because that, that gets back to, like, physics with energy. It can neither be created nor destroyed. It just keeps
0: kind of recycling itself. And then you have Tessa Thompson... More directly than simply the predator-prey relationship sort of becoming one into the infinite. The infinition of the universe, just like, this is it. Like, I know what's happening. I've accepted it going into that. And then you also have the implied concept of the infinite by the fact that these things just continue to create. With them becoming potentially the new Adam and Eve at the end. I, I and not being uh, immortal in themselves, but in continuing this going.
1: Right. It's
0: once again that's the cannot be created or destroyed sort of thing. Yeah. It's just like it's what appears to be death is just a
1: rebirth of something else. that comes out of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a cycle. It's just a con- continual cycle. A lot like this these people haven't necessarily died per se. It's that they've become a part of this cycle of this new rebirth, this new mutation of whatever is going on in the shimmer, which is interesting, at least like that's life in general. But in this sense, because it's foreign to us, it's heightened, it's a different version that we're unused to, it's, it's uncommon to us. It's still interesting because it's it's, it's 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 honestly, it's still life. It's still the cycle of life. Mm-hmm. It's just like I said, it's just a, an extreme version of it. Yeah, and, it, and this movie's just really just given you a lot of different ways to sort of look at it. Yeah, no, I think that's really interesting. Um, here's something that's really
0: cool too. And
1: I'm thinking about it and
0: talking about this stuff out loud. Also, really quick, no, you're just because you The Shimmer, I keep referring those two as Adam and Eve. It's because the Shimmer can very easily be Garden of Eden. Uh, uh, I was just going to say that. Yeah, you can very well read into that. And through the transgression of Eve and her inherent mm. wickedness, they get cast from the garden.
1: Yeah, that's interesting too, yeah. Maybe that was like the destruction, if you will, mm-hmm. of, of, yeah, the source. Uh, but I was going to say what, what I thought was interesting, saying this out loud, thinking about it too, is thinking like the, the fungi or the the corpse of that soldier we were just talking mm-hmm. about the pool and how that's sprouted out. Now, from what I understand, and I've, I've read a little bit about this with mushrooms and fungi and all that stuff, is that because of its network its root systems and stuff like that, it can actually attract, like if it's in a certain area, say in a a plains or high plains like that, it can attract certain flowers and with that it attracts certain animals and things like that. So Mm -hmm. it kind of attracts its own ecosystem and creates its own ecosystem. And I was like, that's kind of interesting in this film because that's kind of one of the first sources you see that and then the creatures and then plant life. And so once again, it's creating its own ecosystem, its own Mm -hmm. environment Mm-hmm. It's attracting people into it, you know, create something out of it. So it's like, that's, it's really cool. But once again, it just boils down. It's just, it's the life cycle. It's, you know, an interesting way to play with that metaphor. Just nothing uh, too complicated, I don't think. Right? No, not really. Which is funny because it's like, yeah, this film's too intellectual. Not, not really, maybe for the layman, I suppose, but not really.
0: I feel like it, it does a, Better job of trying to explain what's going on than some of these other flicks. Yeah, without a doubt. I don't think it's too unambiguous. You know, it's like As far as cosmic horror goes anyway. Compared to other horror, yes, the shit gets fucking wild. I'm oh, not gonna yeah. yeah,
1: dude, we've we've covered some of these and like we're some of them still leave me like, What the fuck? <laughs> but this one's a little bit more basic. I know we talk about like entry points too, but this is not a bad entry point. To somebody who wants something a little bit, I don't know, meatier when it comes to, you know, cosmic horror, sci-fi, a little crossover with horror. Because it's not, I mean, it's not, like, horrific. Right. Um, I mean, yeah, there's horror because there's horrific things that happen, but it's, it's and you know, tame in comparison, really. I mean, I I get why people talk about the fucking bear. Yeah, it's gnarly
0: <laughs> as shit. It's Dope. It rips her fucking jaw off. One, that's... F- that was fucking wild. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, and yes, it's design creepy. is crazy. Bear slash boar slash human skull coming out of its head is fucking wild. It's creepy as shit, talking with her fucking voice, screaming, help me. Yeah, that's fucking creepy as shit. And then it's yeah, also awesome dope. when it gets fucking brains blown out. Yeah, I mean, all
1: of it's great. I liked all of that. But, but that's not this movie. No, no. Absolutely not. It's Like I said, it's just a byproduct of, it, of that environment, the the Shimmer. Which is funny, man, because every time I say it now, it just reminds me of the band Fuel. Mm. And <laughs> <laughs> their song, Shimmer. It's got nothing to do with this film. But, no, this is fun, man. Alex Garland, two for two, I mean, as far as our reviews go, with 28 Absolutely. Days Later and Annihilation. There's not much more I can say outside of just, like, some of the quotes in the film. But, I mean, if you've already watched it, then it spells itself out because... Josie Raddick, who's Tessa Thomas's character she she says what the shimmer is she says it's a prism we've already talked about it, it refracts everything and if we talked about it too if if that's the case then there's refractions of each other you know it's mm-hmm. almost like an imprint if you will like there's certain aspects of the people or your surroundings that get imprinted on you it's it's still changing you know and then once again Doctor of Interest, Jennifer Jason Lee's character, she talks about exactly what Annihilation is. She spells it out as if you need anything else mm-hmm. to know, you know. And then the last bit, like like we were talking about, I think the use of the the water glass too uh, between Natalie Portman and Oscar Isaac's characters are, are they're interesting. I don't know how much they're telling, but, but what I'm gathering as far as the telling is what we've already intimated I don't know how many times now is that whether it's them, the the true them. It's just the mutated, the new version of them. The new Adam and Eve version of this. Whether or not it's the OG them, they're different. Exactly. That's a that's beside the point. They're different. It's this rebirth of these characters, and that's the whole point. And now, what comes of it? Who knows? What's you know a whole another humanoid or
0: an alien version of a humanoid? I don't know. A hybrid version of ourselves. I mean. It could just be something that takes over the entire planet and once it's all distilled, it moves yeah. on and starts this whole cycle anew somewhere <laughs> I else. I know. Which... Maybe that that's what the original thing that oh. landed was, was an entire planet distilled down by this thing. Well, I, I've read a little bit about this too, where
1: you could look at that, that, that meteor or whatever that crashes into the lighthouse as a, a, a cycle of what's happened on this planet as well What the dinosaurs and mm-hmm. what happened at the, you know, down in Mexico with the meteor, you know, killed all the dinosaurs and then with the ice age and then et cetera. Et cetera. But even with there's a there's a theory called panspermia where it's you know a, a comet with ice, water, landed here on Earth. Who knows how many fucking billions of years ago? But that might have carried some of the earliest cells, mm-hmm. whether it was singular, you know. Or not. That's beside the point. But there was that theory that hey, maybe that was what started life on this planet.
0: So who knows? But I, I still think it's an interesting idea. Unless, yeah, it could just be uh, just part of what the cycle is, and we just never knew it. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm getting. At. It's like uh, maybe we just we're so caught up in our own little cells. <laughs> well, it's kind of, yeah. that idea is explored. <laughs> Man, we had, to, we had to go, we had to do a super fucking deep dive on this a few a few months ago on General Nerdery. That idea is explored in Adventure Time. No shit. I can see that, though. That's pretty cool. Happening, happen, will happen. I can't remember. I think that's how the last song goes. There is a history and a succession and is something that happens on a cosmic scale every whatever, however many years of these catalyst comets hitting earth and making great change across the world and everything is kind of the same but it's also kind of different
1: I mean I've been reading books lately about this kind of stuff too you know so it's like it's kind of interesting that this film kind of echoes some of that you know like sometimes it takes this cataclysmic event to kind of shake up the earth you know a little bit
0: (laughs) you know in with the new out with the old as they say this is wild to say, but the, I mean, I've referenced it a couple times, but it seems like these adjectives would be on opposite ends of the spectrum. But this is simultaneously the more action version and the more thinky version of color out of space. Ah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I totally agree with that. I mean, I, it's hard to argue, but I, I almost want to say this version of it is something I, I think I it echoes a little bit more with me in terms of what it's
0: saying Mm -hmm. more so than what we got with color out of space, which I still enjoy because color out of space is just a threat to humanity. Right. Right. Whereas this one, it's, it's it's not necessarily a threat per se. It's just a rebirth. It's a different version than what we're used to. Like I said, I think I probably would have went the Tessa Thompson route. Like, yeah, I'm good with, if this is what's being presented and I understand what's in front of me, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm kind of okay. good with it. Yeah, and that's okay. I'd rather this be the version that
1: lives on if that's going to be the case. Like I said though, I there is a small chance I'd try something fucking stupid. I mean, it depends on what the possibilities are too cuz I'm like, well, what are my options?
0: Well, cuz here like here, here's what I'm thinking right now, like and maybe it's partially because I've been playing a lot of Elden Ring. Mm. One of the first bosses in the game that matter. The first uh demigod that you face generally. Okay. I think there's ways you can not have him be the first one, but generally is Godric, the grafted who literally like that's his thing. He grafts like warriors that stand up to him and he thinks worthy and he kills in battle. He grafts like their arms and Ah, shit. Like it's fucked up. Like he's this giant, you know, hulking monster with all like tens of arms coming out, like the backs of his shoulders, like holding his fucking cloak and shit. You go through, I mean, minor spoilers for fucking Elden Ring, whatever. Whatever. In that battle, he has a second phase when he gets down to, like, half health. And a cutscene plays, and, like, his whole thing is grafting anyway, right? So he had this dragon corpse that he was inspecting and trying to figure out how to use when you first show up for the battle. And he's like, you know, he gets down to half health, and he gets desperate, so he's like, all right, fuck it, I'm going for it. And he basically, like... I can't remember if he cuts his hand off first or if he just, like, reaches up in there. But he, like, cuts the dragon's head off. Basically... I think he cuts his hand off, cuts the dragon's head off, and, like, just shoves his fucking head up into the back of its head, and it just becomes part of him. Oh, shit. And he he (laughs) starts, like, spewing fire with it and shit. Oh, okay. So I was thinking, like, Hmm. that bear boar hybrid is just in the other room. Like... Could I have that for a hand? (laughs) Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I would do something stupid like that.
1: (laughs) Man, you know, the the more you're you're saying this, the more I'm thinking, and the more we review these films, it's like, somebody needs to collaborate, there needs to be a collaboration between somebody with, like, this cosmic horror vision, with somebody who's into, like, the cyberpunk, you know, like, morphing of weapons, and, you know, beings, and, Man, because then you could really start
0: playing with some interesting ideas. Well, that's the other thing. Like, we see a lot of examples of biological refracting. And they talk about DNA refracting. But, like, is something going to happen if I just, like, hold my fucking smartphone up to my chest the entire time I'm refracting? Am I going to become part computer? Maybe. Is that a choice? Maybe. I might go with that choice. Ooh. I'm just saying, maybe, maybe I want to download stuff. Maybe I want to be a
1: server, right? To <laughs> get all the info. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's there's endless possibilities in this scenario, and that's fun. That's what I like about this is there's so much room for play and for creativity and for all kinds of neat shit and weird shit and bizarre stuff. Whatever you want to use adjective wise, you know, doesn't matter. It's still fun. I, I really enjoy this. I. I'm, I'm discovering that about myself. Like, I, this is one of those subgenres like I really fucking like because it gets spooky and there's it's limitless. Really, mm-hmm.
0: um, yeah, it's pretty gnarly. The one other I'm curious about in this movie, if at the end when Ventress turns into the fucking Mandelbulb, mm-hmm. do you think if you reached out and would have grabbed the edges of it, you could have? <laughs> Squeezed it down, (laughs) compressed it, and turned it into a cosmic glory hole.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) Uh, fucked
0: it. A a cosmic fleshlight.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, shit. If it's a possibility, I'm going to try it. (laughs) You know? Fuck it. (laughs) Shit's going to happen anyway. That gives a whole different meaning to rebirth and all that other stuff. Right. The cosmic seed? Yeah, and, <laughs>
0: instead of it sucking a fucking blood wow. tear from Natalie Portman, what if you just would have fucked it and just, like you said, a cosmic fleshlight? <laughs> well, then you I would imagine
1: that part of you might become, like, the godlike. You'd have god dick? I mean, you could become a god of, of a whole nother system of being or whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. That's... If it's in the possibilities, maybe. <laughs> yeah, <just> maybe.
0: <laughs> Who's to say? We'll never know. Oh, I was gonna bring up the one possible <laughs> bit of arguable nudity. When you see the humanoid,
1: mm-hmm. yeah,
0: and yeah, yeah, yeah. it's got a
1: vagina. It does have a vagina. <laughs> like, Uh-oh, an idiot. Yeah, there's some sequences in that I thought that was pretty good. One of them that kind of got me towards the the end was where she gets pinned up against the the door, mm. you know, I was like, oh, I wonder if the doppelganger version of her is literally trying to, like, meld into her, like, trying to take right. her over. But it wasn't. It, it was more like mimicking her. I
0: was about to say, the first time seems more sinister. The second time, it seems like it's just an idiot. Right. It, it, it's exactly. trying to mimic her and doesn't know how to in that scenario. Right. It's just, it's literally going
1: through the motions. And it, it's, because it's, it's not a consciousness, it's just, it is what it is. Um, it's just mimicking. And I was like, oh, okay, that's, that makes a lot more sense in that regard. But that that was one of the few things, like I said early on, that
0: kind of made me think. Uh, this is, do you know what it reminded me of? Remember Sometimes when video game companions would have terrible AI, so they would be set to follow you from, like, a certain distance. But that meant sometimes when you go into rooms, they would just get stuck in the doorway oh, yeah. and they wouldn't know how to get out of the way. you like,
1: mother sucker, get out of the way. Yes, yes, yes.
0: That's kind of what it reminded me yes. of. That's a solid point. Yeah, it's just
1: like, I'm not programmed for this. I, I don't know what I'm doing.
0: I can only respond to this so far. And then once you're not... Mm. Once she doesn't have the strength to move against it so that it moves as well...
1: Yeah. But here, here's what I'm going to say about this. I think it's easy to get lost, kind of what you've already said too. It's it's easy to get lost in, in trying to think of whether or not her, Natalie Portman, and uh, Oscar Isaac, his character Kane, whether or not it's the real version, the alien version, whatever version, doppelganger mm. version... I think that's beside the point. It doesn't really matter at that point. It, it's this, it's a new version of themselves regardless. Yeah. that That's that's the point. That's what I'm saying is because of all these little things, and I think that's what the film does clever is like, man, if you have OCD real bad, goddamn, Because <laughs> you'll get caught up on those little things and those little hang-ups, which is clever, which makes this film fun. But I think the overall idea and concept is, yeah, it, it's just it, it, however you want to describe it. It's, it's just this, this thing that's going through the universe, and it's creating new, I don't know,
0: a new version of, of our life as we see it, or however you want to describe it once again. So here, like like I said, maybe they both survived when the humanoid self-destructed because they're both the OGs. Right. You know, they're changed. And this is obviously an extreme version of it, but in some ways... A self change is it its its own rebirth as well. Yes,
1: I mean we go through change all the time, and that's what. Honestly, that's and they, they said this is that's what life is. It's a cellular process. It's <laughs> we die because it's we stop replicating cells. If that
0: that's the point, um, you know. If not, <clears throat> we live forever. This can also just be a metaphor for them getting through. The fact that she cheated on the on him, Oof. and getting to the other side and the new phase of their relationship—that too, that's a good point. It's a rebirth of them as a couple. I was gonna say that's
1: that's another metaphor you could use too. It's just, just yeah, this couple going through because that's also something that happened change. in this movie that we <laughs> yeah, haven't touched yeah. on yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's kind of intimating at some of these other characters too, going through like that kind of stuff too. Mm-hmm. It's just life. they they're dealing with life struggles. They're dealing with change in their life. Yeah. yeah, this is how they're coming out of it on the other side. Some self-destruct, some give rebirth to a whatever mm-hmm. relationship, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, I think that's another way you can read into this film as well.
0: Honestly, there's probably ways that you can look metaphorically into the ways all of the others go out compared to what struggles they were having, but true, fuck, that's a lot of thinking. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think
1: I don't know how much this And nothing really would be substantiated.
0: It. Yeah. I, I, it would just all be headcanon, which is still
1: fun, right? I want to say it's kind of like their death, if you will. It's kind of reminiscent they they were kind of fighting against the assimilation, so mm-hmm. they literally in like this self-destruct sequence. it's either you assimilate to the change like Josie and Natalie and mm-hmm. you know, Ventress and all that stuff. They were willing to accept it and assimilate however their version of it was. And some of these other characters were fighting against it and it annihilated them because they were, it was going to happen regardless. So it, it consumed them instead. Mm-hmm. You know, they became a part of that, that other cycle of life. <laughs> they got shat out on the other side. <laughs> you, know? Uh, you know, whatever, whatever. That's how I interpret it. And however anybody else interprets it, that's okay because it's subjective once again. I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's what I got. Uh, one thing I do want to say too is the score in this is pretty good. Like, yeah. Especially the uh, closing credits. It's like, yeah, this actually, they did a really good job of scoring this film. It, it kind of heightened certain sequences and, uh, yeah, it was tasteful. Cinematography is well. Visual effects were really done well, man. I mean, it's a really good representation, I think, of maybe what Cosmic Core is, or at least this case,
0: like the color out of space. Esque mm-hmm. is yeah, it's pretty cool. There was one quote I wanted to bring up because of how brilliant it is. By the time you get to the end of the movie, yeah, yeah and it's yeah. when Oscar Isaac asks Natalie Portman, "Are you Lena?" Because either he's not the OG who was sent to find, either <laughs> I <know what> <laughs> either saying, he was right? a version of him that was sent to find her, or he's asking her if she's herself. True, that's solid, man. And like I said,
1: that that's you can interpret it in. That sense, the relationship sense, you know, that's okay. But I'm gonna stick with, uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna stick with the fact, like, so they're just, it's new versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. Regardless if it's OG or not, regardless, it's they're still a new version of themselves. I'll leave it at that. Good film no. mm-hmm. though. It was a good. I, I think it's, it's also a good way. To, just super pretty. Yeah, no, it really, is. It's like I think this is a good way to kind of kick off what we've
0: got. Somewhat, you know, planned thematically. I think I'm going to be finding out if it's available on 4K. Oh, dude, yeah, this is a because I watched it 1080 upscaled, and it was still fucking beautiful. So, yeah, exactly. No, this is a
1: really well thought out film, and it's interesting too. Like we've already mentioned, where Alex Garland, he drew, you know, from the book, but he didn't really use it as a huge inspiration for what he did visually. And mm-hmm. just, I was like, oh, that's kind of neat from, because what I, from what I understand is like, you can actually adapt the, the
0: novels because I think it is a part of a trilogy anyway. Right. I think it's like Southern reach, I think is what it's called. Yeah. I guess most of it is from the first one, but there's a couple aspects that he pulled from the last one. Okay. That's neat. And then a couple things that he just sort of simplified. I'm still kind of curious, you know, whether or not I read them. That's one thing, but I'm like, still kind of curious. I, like the humanoid at the end doesn't exist in the book. Okay. It takes the place of two separate things hmm. from the book.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So it's it'd be interesting, but I like what he did regardless.
0: I do too. And it's
1: got me curious about his other work, uh, men being one of them, of course.
0: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, right? Yeah, dude, men looks really fucking good. It looks like fucking baller full core. Yes, so I'm
1: excited about that. I've heard some good rumblings. I think we both have, so um, we'll be on the lookout. And
0: Have you seen Ex Machina? I haven't. I've heard good things about dude. it. I haven't watched it yet. I have to rewatch it. I'll admit I was half drunk when I watched it, <laughs> but I was only half drunk. I was starting to sober up, and it was holy shit good, dude. Well,
1: you know, it's kind of like this film. It's like... I've known about it. I just happened to watch this one because you know, I jumped on it. But with X Machina, I've known about it. I've heard good things about it. Just never got around to watching it.
0: I fucking love this movie. I'm looking at, like I said, buying it for 4K because it's kind of the all around. But from a more critical standpoint, going a little bit outside my own personal taste, X Machina is his masterpiece so oh, far. Nice, dude. Okay. Nice. It is. It is better than this. Okay, well, I mean, I really enjoy this, and if that's the case, then I'm really looking forward to that. He had a hard role in this because he had to kind of play being off, and then also didn't have a great role. But Oscar Isaac is a much better actor than he is in this movie. Even though I didn't oh, yeah. think he did a b- bad job. No, no, no. But it, it was his character. Uh, from what I understand, too, he's
1: he was filming Star Wars at the same time that mm-hmm. he was doing this. So he's like, you know, mu-
0: multitasking. <laughs>
1: Um, and that, that
0: shows more in ex machina. Okay.
1: no, that's cool. Like I so I know what he can do as an actor. That's yeah. Side the point. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think this is indicative of, of what he can do, what he's capable of. This,
0: not, it's not because of him. It's because of no. how the role is written, but this isn't his best work. And
1: that's okay. Like I, I, I get it. I totally get it. It's the character. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, cause I've seen his other work, so I get it. And he, fuck, he's so good in Moon Knight. Well, I, I've seen not all of it. I need, I need to finish doing, but I've seen what he can do in, in roles like that, too. So.
0: so we're not entirely sure what we're going to be doing next week, because as has <laughs> been history on this show, uh, plans fall through. Such is life, right? But we do know our plan and our backup for next week. So we will give you both... In case you want to get ready. Yep. The plan next week is Mandy. Yes. But that's a plan contingent on a guest. (laughs) Because we would really like to talk about it with him. Fuck yes. If that doesn't happen, we will instead be watching Aliens. Because it's been too long.
1: Yes, and that's another fuck yes regardless. yeah, Absolutely. (laughs)
0: i mean it, it kind of fits in
1: it does we've already talked about it still cosmic horror just not cosmic in the lovecraftian sense
0: yeah out in the cosmos horror
1: yes yes it, it, technically it's in the cosmos yes
0: <laughs> it's an alien causing bad yes, things. yes yeah so it's technically a cosmic guy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> either way we're gonna have a great time absolutely i'm really hoping it ends up being mandy ah uh, me too Me too. But, you know, regardless, we're going to have fun. I'm not going to be bad (laughs) if it's aliens. Likewise. Should we say that we also know the next week so people can start getting ready?
1: Yeah, I mean, we, at this point, too, along with the Patreon, we know at least
0: that far out. This was all based around the fact that we knew that at the end of this little block before our next Patreon episode, Phil Tippett's Mad God is going to be premiering on Shudder. We watched the trailer for that some yeah. bitch, and it looks incredible.
1: It's gonna be awesome.
0: So we're planning on jumping on that as soon as we can for an episode. Yes, and we're gonna talk about it so we don't have to fucking wait. <laughs> we both have Shutter, and it looks great. Awesome balls. Seems to be very cosmic horror-y. Seems to be multiplanar, multi-dimensional. Wow. Some of the media for that matter. Too. I was about to say multimedia, <laughs> live action, awesome. um, stop motion. Yeah. Some of the smoothest stop motion I've ever seen in my fucking life. Awesome. I'm going to repeat all of this next week. Cause I want to get people on board this mad God train. It is one of the most intriguing trailers I've seen in a long time. I think it's going to be a really fun film regardless, like something unique. Mm hmm. So yeah, that'll be, and then we'll fucking finish things with, mm. Our Patreon, next upcoming Patreon episode of the one I have been looking forward to more than any other.
1: Ah. We can't promise that it's going to be three hours long, but, you know.
0: <laughs> but it's our second crack at the cell. Yes. Hell yeah. J-Lo, D'Onofrio. Dude, yes. Vince Vaughn. Yes. In a time period when D'Onofrio and Vince Vaughn looked quite a bit like each other.
1: That is funny, but yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's going to be fun, man, for a lot of different reasons.
0: I fucking can't wait. This is going to be an amazing three weeks, four weeks beyond. We haven't decided past that yet. <laughs> know, We're right? hoping it's going to be good. But, but I, don't care I have this. a recommendation. I was like, that's going to carry us through most of June. So I think you'll be down yeah, for it. Hell yeah. So we'll talk about that. But for this week, I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. Fried Squirms